Thank you so much for joining the Broken Road to Mental Health. I'm your host, Sharon Beckety, and today we have a special episode, which is a chapter from my book. This is not the official audible recording that you're going to listen to. I recorded my entire book on my other podcast show back in 2019 before I released the book because I wanted to make sure it was available on August 11th, 19, 1994. That's my sober date. August 11th, 2019, because it was my mom's birthday. Anywho, I've included this chapter because I really do find it so important that we spend some time um, talking to the families touched by addiction and suicide and there's probably a few things I would update and change today because I've learned so much just since 2019 um, and provided maybe some more resources. So I'd like to include right now, if you are struggling with a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, an employer, an employee um, from addiction, or you've lost somebody to suicide, there are many resources out there. One of them is Al-Anon or Family Anonymous. Um, there is NAMI. There are crisis centers all over the country. The one here in Tampa Bay is the Tampa Bay Crisis Center. And we'll put some more resources in the show notes, but I really just want to encourage you, if you have somebody suffering in your life today, that you get help for yourself because it really is a family disease and it runs through everybody like a tornado. So I hope you enjoy this chapter of the book. Um, There is a link to purchase the book on The Real Audible and also a link to purchase the in-hand book if you're one of those who still likes to read a book instead of listening. But thanks for listening and please share it with somebody that you know that might be struggling. Chapter 12, to the families touched by addiction and suicide. Well, since I've been completely transparent with you throughout, why stop here? So there's a little change in my tone of voice. It's um, 11 p.m., August 10th. I just dropped mom and dad off after the meeting, the recovery meeting that we went to, and I got in the car and I read a text message from a friend whose nephew just OD'd. He's alive, thank God, and um, it's from opioids, and I just got home. And my husband told me that his Aunt Jerry passed away. I mentioned her earlier on. She was the one that told us that 10-10-09, the day that Rob and I got married, that that was actually his father's birthday. So she passed away at 6.30 p.m. tonight. Well, at least that's when he heard about it. And I had just left to go to the meeting. So I'm still doing this because it's that important. That's just kind of unbelievable, right? What can change in just a few hours? So pretty uh, apropos that we're going to talk about the families that are touched by addiction and suicide. Because I know there is a hospital room filled with a family 
touched by addiction right now in New York. So prayers going out to everybody. So first and foremost, it's not your fault. I want to share with you now the reason I decided to write this book. I've received so many gifts since I got sober in 1994, too many to list. I never spent any significant lengths of time reflecting on this journey as I have now in my 25th year. I was taught to live one day at a time, and that is how the years all came together, slowly. One of the most recent gifts I was afforded was an offer to be the health and wellness editor of a local magazine. I've always enjoyed writing and sharing my journey with others of my 12-step recovery program, but I, I never thought there'd be a day when an opportunity would cross my knowledge over into the business community, like ever, because I'd remained anonymous in business with the exception of both bosses in my last two positions in the medical industry. It's always been recommended to remain anonymous because there is an unfortunate amount of judgment and stigma related to this 12-step program I attend, to alcoholism, to addiction, and to mental health. There's also traditions that lay within these recovery programs that are well-respected and, um, and why it's worked for over 80 years, actually. <laughs> so, you know, when the publisher of this publication asked what charity should benefit an event we were going to be hosting about preventative medicine, I immediately thought of something related to mental health. We both agreed to be purposeful in our selection. He had had a friend that lost a child to suicide and sat on the board of a local foundation. This particular foundation benefits all critical services and programs for children in Tampa Bay. We went on to host this event about living a preventative lifestyle. And as the MC, I guided the questions to the panel of physician clients and felt inspired to reveal my own experience for the first time in a public business event. There were friends and colleagues in the audience that suffered the loss of a child to addiction and suicide. I wanted to inject my own thoughts surrounding depression and addiction. I felt compelled to include some of my journey toward mental wellness through prevention. I thought there just might be someone sitting in the crowd suffering in silence. But prior to that event in 2017, the world lost two more famous musicians back to back to suicide and the son of an affluent family in our community had also died by suicide. It was all around us and I began to internally struggle with sharing my experience, strength and hope outside of my 12-step recovery groups. I believed the community could benefit from hearing from someone like me that came from tremendous adversity and could offer some hope. So I wanted to help, really. That's what it came down to, and I felt this overwhelming feeling of selfishness by keeping this path to freedom I found to only the people inside of my recovery group. The next issue in the magazine was going to highlight the event, and I wanted to include my experience. I asked the publisher how he felt about Does Mental Health Live in Your Home as the title, because it spoke to me as I had reflected about the thousands of children that came through the doors of the pediatric practice that I formerly managed. I was aware of so many that came in seeking help for their suicidal and addicted teenagers. And we catered to an affluent community surrounded in shame. 
when it came to these children suffering from mental health issues, I thought the suggested title would be edgy yet impactful. But he chose um, a different way, and that was to put in a letter from the Dr. Whisperer, the health and wellness editor. He would allow me to insert some of my personal story, and I was so grateful and thrilled with the opportunity. I'm still grateful. The piece was edited without my approval. It's a long story. Hurricane Irma happened. A lot of things were going down at the time. And um, it went out without my approval before going to print. And I was so disappointed that something so personal was in print without my final consent. It was the beginning of the end with that opportunity, but I'm still really grateful for it. I'm also grateful for the job I held in pediatrics for so many years. I choose to remember the good today. The program of recovery teaches me how vital it is to let things go and practice forgiveness. I really don't have any room for anger and resentment in my life today. It's just a danger zone I avoid at all cost. So the crane picked me up again and this time placed me on the Home Shoppings Network, a healthy you. HSN? Huh, can you even believe how good God is to me? I'm always in awe of all the grace bestowed upon me, and I feel so loved. That is why I now believe I have to share this journey with you. I'm here to tell you that there's hope. It's not your fault. Alcoholism, addiction, depression, they're all diseases of the mind. There is help out there, and you're not alone. One of the greatest gifts of a 12-step program is meeting others that have experienced similar obstacles. These new friends will help piece your life back together. When I came upon Russell Brand's book, Recovery, I was so mad. (laughs) I really was. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't think he was honoring Bill W., the founder of my 12-step program, my 12-step program, And in my skeptical mind, I thought he was trying to make the program of recovery his own and like capitalize off of it. Uh, Contempt prior to investigation, in other words. I was so wrong and thoroughly enjoyed his book and have since recommended both recovery and mentors, two of his books that I just really, really loved. He's got such a great personality, obviously, and sense of humor. Um, And he just realized that this program of recovery Offering spiritual principles could apply to everyone's life, which is so true. These books are worth checking out. So if you're struggling with any form of addiction today, sidebar, he's much funnier than I am and delivers a rather serious message with a fabulous bit of humor, along with a lovely British accent on Audible. Unlike mine, especially now that it's 11.09 p.m. and I've just gotten hit with two pieces of bad news. I'm tired. But I'm doing this for you, for somebody else that you might know that you could pass on and maybe it'll help them. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai Technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. 
So they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. So a Dr. Klein of mine recently talked to me about a family member in the throes of addiction. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to email the first 164 pages of the big book because in those pages are instructions for families, employers, wives, and everybody that is affected by the disease. Like this, you don't have to figure it out on your own, everybody. There's actually instructions in a book, a textbook. So it can be applied to you too if you're experiencing pain from the loss of a loved one. It'll give you a better understanding of the mind of someone who is or was suffering. This is a family disease, and it runs through lives like a hurricane. So I inserted in the book Bill Wilson's letter to a fellow member that was suffering from depression. I bolded a section that I believe is meant for all of us today. I'm forever grateful this courageous man took a risk to create a program of recovery. It's not for everyone. And I have no opinions on any other programs. Just get help. That's all I care about. We are all one and we are all connected. So I think it's best that you actually read this yourself if you get the book. Now, if you can't get the book and you want this letter... Oh, never mind. Now I'm just thinking about people that maybe don't have the money to buy the $13 book. So I'm going to just read it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So it's an excerpt from a letter written by Bill W. And it's quoted in the memoirs of Tom P., an early California 12-step program member. Tom did not use the name of the person addressed, perhaps because he was still living at the time it was written. So Tom writes, here in part is what Bill W. wrote in 1958 to to a close friend who shared his problem with depression, describing how Bill himself, the founder of the program, used St. Francis's prayer as a stepping stone toward recovery. I think that many oldsters, now remember what year it was written in, okay, people? (laughs) So he said oldsters. I think that many oldsters who have put our 12-step program booze cure to severe but successful tests still find they often lack emotional sobriety. Perhaps they will be the spearhead for the next major development in our 12-step program, the development of much more real maturity and balance, which is to say humility in our relations with ourselves, with our fellows, and with God. How to translate a right mental conviction into a right emotional result and so into easy, happy, and good living. Well, that's not only the neurotics problem. It's the problem of life itself for all of us who have got to the point of real willingness to hew to right principles in all our affairs. Even then, as we hew away, remember 1958, okay? Peace and joy may still elude us. That's the place so many of us 12-step oldsters have come to, and it's a hell of a spot, literally. Last autumn, depression, having real, having no really rational cause at all, almost took me to the cleaners. I began to be scared that I was in for another long chronic spell. 
Considering the grief I've had with depressions, it wasn't a bright prospect. I kept asking myself, why can't the 12 steps work to relieve depression? By the hour, I stared at the St. Francis prayer. It is better to comfort than to be comforted. Here was the formula, all right, but why didn't it work? Suddenly, I realized what the matter was. My basic flaw had always been dependence, always absolute dependence on people or circumstances to supply me with prestige, security, and the like. Failing to get these things according to my perfectionist dreams and specifications, I had fought for them. And when defeat came, so did my depression. There wasn't a chance of making the outgoing love of St. Francis a workable and joyous way of life until these fatal and almost absolute dependencies were cut away. Reinforced by what grace I could secure in prayer, I found I had to exert every ounce of will and action to cut off these faulty emotional dependencies upon people, upon the program, indeed upon any set of circumstances whatsoever. Then, only, could I be free to love as St. Francis had. Emotional and institutional satisfactions I saw were really the extra dividends of having love, offering love, and expressing a love appropriate to each relation of life. So I'm going to stop there. If you want me to send you the rest of it because you couldn't afford to buy the $13 book, please just shoot me an email. Okay. So basically, Tom goes on to say that Bill's words of wisdom helped and inspired him and many others. To those who have never been there, it's hard to describe the gratitude that overwhelms in men and women who are delivered from the black depths of depression into the light. Well, if I, I mean, I so relate to that statement. As with delivery from the bondage to alcohol, it is a hosanna of the heart that never ends. So just a little sidebar, I figured I would also tell you, this meeting that I went to was a, an open meeting. Um, that means that it's, you're welcome to go. You don't have to be an alcoholic, a drug addict, um, a Martian. <laughs> you could be whoever you want. You could just go. It doesn't cost anything. And we went to hear these speakers, and this woman was speaking, and she was, um, she was sober a very long time, since the 80s. And she told her whole story, and at the end she said something that I just, it was so powerful. She had admitted that she never did any of the work for 25 years. So for 25 years, she was going into this program and helping others without doing the work herself. Man, did that take some courage. Mm. I loved hearing that because I say that all the time now, but it was five years for me. It was 25 years for her. So imagine how much courage it took her. But you know what? I know her purpose. Her purpose was like there were so many young people in this room tonight. You know, I felt, I mean, I'm 46 and I felt, (laughs) I felt ancient. I mean, they were just kids. Some of them were just one day back. Some were three months, some were five months, but they were all like babies. And um, it was pretty powerful for her to share that. She also shared it because she uh, has since gone back to some therapy because 
she had um, just lost her daughter. Her daughter died a year ago, and she was suffering from PTSD and really, really grieving. And then her grandson, just the other day, was driving after a golf tournament and killed the passenger. And his life will will never be the same again. It'll never be the same again. So to see this woman stand up there and be so courageous and share her journey, and her only hope, I'm sure, is that she could help one person, just like the way I'm talking to you today. I just hope that anybody that is suffering knows that you don't have to do it alone. So my business life parallel from this chapter is if you humble yourself to someone about the mistakes that you've made in life and in business, you will come to understand the true power of human connection. It is in our humility that we form the greatest bonds with the human race. If you practice this in your business life with colleagues, employees, employers, you can offer an opportunity to form a bond. I know today, if I offer my own shortcomings to someone in business, we create a relationship that promotes trust. For me, relationships are the cornerstones to all success. My business tip is one of the famous lines from the program I attend, contempt prior to investigation. This statement will keep you out of everlasting ignorance. Do your research before you form an opinion about anything or anyone in business and in life. In the words of my favorite, Gary Vaynerchuk, headline reading does not make you an expert and neither does your focus group of one. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out.